Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the DC Mun Podcast. It's your VP training, Christina, here. And today we have a really spicy episode. Today we're going to be talking about crisis, and we have two lovely guests with us. We have Zach and Bella, so I'm going to let them introduce themselves right now. Zach, if you want to go first. Hello, my name is Zach. I am a second-year arts and culture student at Dawson College, and I am the vice president of Dawson College Model United Nations. Hi, everyone. I'm Bella. I'm a second-year liberal arts student. Uh, I'm a first-year liaison in Montmagwen, and I started last year and have, you know, been doing it ever since. I think the first question that's really important for crisis is how to stand out in committee. I mean, this is pretty important in all of the different committees, but I think in crisis in particular, because you have a little bit more leeway with your characters and kind of like the storyline of it. Um, so we'll start with Zach and then we'll go to Bella. How do you think you can stand out in committee? Ooh, I think the best way to stand out in committee would probably be uniqueness. I think that when it comes to creating a sort of persona in a crisis, and making your voice heard, being unique is really one of the, the the key factors in there. So I really think that in order to be as unique as possible, you got to utilize creativity, and you need to make sure that you are doing things that other people might not even think of doing. I find in crisis, there's more opportunity to really get into your speeches and be as enthusiastic as possible because you know you do still have to remain diplomatic, but you're not really representing a country, so you can like sort of take on the traits of the person you're representing. So if you're like a really like sarcastic leader, you can be really sarcastic and get like super into it, which is always like a fun bonus. And it shows people that you like know your stuff. I think one of the most important things for crisis is having a really healthy balance between your back room and your front room, because sometimes it's easy to get lost in front room and then forget about your back room or get so invested in your back room that you forget about front room. So how would you say is a way to maintain like a healthy balance between front room and back room? Ooh, that's a fantastic question. There's that famous saying, I'm not liberal arts, I'm sure Bella can help me out here. Know thyself, being self-aware definitely helps. So if you know yourself as a delegate and you know that giving speeches is really something that you're good at, you might not necessarily need to worry about your front room as much. So I would say, allocate more of your time to the back room or at least try to make the quality match in both so if you know that you might not be a great talker necessarily utilize the back room as much as possible or if maybe you're a little bit weaker in the back if you're not maybe the best planner just go ahead full rhetoric and go crazy in the front room and give dramatic and impassioned speeches i think that Finding the balance also uh, requires knowing what you're good at and amplifying what you are good at so you can maximize the fruits of your labor in a crisis committee. Obviously, come well prepared, but like once you're there, don't overthink it. Like if you want to make a speech, just make your speech and then the same because then you sort of have to don't have as much time to think about what you want to say. So just, you know, sort of you can improvise in crisis a lot. And then when you're writing your directives or your crisis notes, um, also don't overthink it. Like have a plan, know what you're doing, but don't take your time to like write. I mean, it's not so much online, but like don't take your time to write your nice notes kind of thing, like cute handwriting and stuff. Just like get straight to the point and say what you want to do. And, you know, you have to be super efficient in crisis, which adds to the spice of it. 
Make the most out of your time to the best that you can. Every minute counts. What do you do? What is your best advice to give if your crisis notes are being rejected? Let's say you come up with a plan, you send it to the crisis staff, and they're like, well, you can't really do this. What do you do when you're put into a situation like that? you got to understand that you're not dealing with a robot or a machine. There are people back there in the crisis room who are, they have their own plan. You have your own crisis arc that you make for your character, which I think we'll get into a little bit later. But they also have a crisis plan. They have a way that it's supposed to unfold. So you're not, you're not supposed to be Nostradamus. It's not your job to read their mind and figure out what they want. But I say use the cues they're giving you. Like if you keep trying to kill the king and the king is not dying, they obviously need the king for something. So I say take, take note of the breadcrumbs leading up somewhere and try to figure out where they might be going with it. And also, I think coming prepared with as many diverging arcs as possible and as many backup plans and as many different areas of ideas is really beneficial if you just keep getting rejected um, all around. You know, you're not the only one in the room, right? So if everybody's trying to go in one direction, and like this has happened to me where I wanted to go in one direction and then everybody else wanted to go in the other direction, it's just... At some point, you have to change things, and there's always going to be some elements from your arc that you can recycle, or if you plan a bunch of things. Like, there's always some things you can take, so don't, like, don't give up um, completely on what you wanted to do. But, yeah, like, look at the people around you and see. Also, I mean, if you work with other people, that can also be a big help to you. In crisis, you know, it's a lot of moving parts, so you really have to make sure that you can find a way to fit in there. And if that means adapting your plan, it's going to mean adapting your plan. And it might work out even better than you wanted it to work out initially. My personal style is very formal and I don't make many jokes in committees and stuff like that. But I feel like crisis is a place where you can kind of like let go a little bit more and definitely act more if if you like being very theatrical like zach we have some crazy stories <laughs> then i feel like crisis is a really good spot for you but how do you think you're able to be so creative and like think out of the box what is your like main tips for that i know that's kind of a hard question but <laughs> you know what i believe that most people are very creative in nature and it's just ab- about like churning that like wheel and like working on that creativity and like making sure you're getting as much as you can out of it squeezing every ounce of uh, brain juice and that can come from many different places i feel like what i have done in crisis committees is i've been stuck in very similar archetypal roles for a few committees i've been finding myself being opposition leaders and like military strongmen i've had many committees of that and so at some point, it kind of felt like I was recycling what I was doing, which can be kind of tiring and draining and not fun. But I think once you have a place to start, you can start embellishing and changing it up. Like we have a conference coming up in a couple of weeks and my character that I'm doing is unlike something I've ever done before. So it's I'm adding new characteristics and new ways of acting and speaking and deliberating. So I think it's find a small point of comfort and expand from there you can always what i often do when i'm like doing my research is that when i'm reading articles or stuff and i see that a certain character has done something and i'm like why would they do that like that's so stupid like i sort of work with that and try to find a way to have my character act in a way 
that would probably be because I've done mostly historical uh, crises where you know you know how things played out and so I think working knowing with that knowledge and then adapting your character's actions to that can also be like quite helpful because I mean obviously everybody else is changing history too but it sort of can help start some you know get the ball rolling and get you thinking about other things and also I mean I think you can like try to see depending on the conference sort of there are some that are a little bit looser like I played one I was one person you know and was a religious leader so there's some things you can do with that and see how much you can lean into like the mystical sort of aspect of that and if it gets shut down it gets shut down but if you can go with it just go with it like it doesn't obviously they're not going to accept like super out there things but if you can sort of make it borderline realistic but just mystical enough that it could make sense like it'll pass I see a ghost <laughs> this is what god is telling me to do um i also think that um playing with it as much as you can is really important and i first thing you do the minute you walk into that crisis send a note to back room say hey what's up peace um what are my resources what do i have to work with making sure you're establishing your resources and what you're able to have access to is really important if you're doing like a, some sort of an ancient crisis or something that's very old or even something that has to do more in like a pre-technologic or a pre-modern society oftentimes i say work with your environment like naturally so what what area of the world are you in what's the climate what's the fauna what kind of poisons are available what are the trade routes what are what's the language spoken what is the religion the currency there's tons of cultural indicators that really can help build creativity this can work in all communities too but like in the cia world factbook they have so many things and a lot of times I'm like, I'm never going to use this, but it's happened quite a few times where I do end up using it. And it like, it's, I'm super happy that I had it. One last thing to add on is just don't limit yourself when it comes to creativity. That's a problem that I have just because I think, oh, this sounds a little bit stupid, but no, just give it a chance. And like Bella said, if it gets shot down, it gets shot down, but it's better to try it out than to just not do it at all. And then regret not doing it in the future. Okay, next question. This is a spicy one. What do you do if you think you're going to get killed? I mean, you should be prepared in advance. Like, you should have body doubles. You should have bodyguards and everything. But if you think you're about to get killed, if you're a little bit suspicious, chances are you are going to get killed. So what should you do? Sorry, I'm, I'm going to ponder on this for an extra moment. Uh, Bella, take this one, please. Um. Yeah, okay. So, I mean, it's happened to you before. And... I sort of knew it was coming because I, there was, okay, it was in a, like a conference committee where anyway, stuff happened and we ended up only being five and I was the only one who was against the other four. And then they tried to kill me because I was like the head of the military, but didn't really want to do anything like that with the character. But then, so in that situation, I really did like a full 180 and I was like, okay, this is not working. So I really switched my character's view or else they would have had to like, you know, if you die, it's not the worst thing. Like they'll give you a new character, but I'd done a lot of research and I was like, I kind of want to stick to my character. So I found a way for him to like switch sides, but like I found a plausible excuse to switch sides and get more on people's, you know, good side. Um, like it just not, wasn't like totally random, but so I guess just finding a way to like please people 
that works with what you're doing, whether it's, you know, if it's a politician, finding some little thing that would appease them and made them change their minds or something like that, or, you know, you can pretend you had a conversation with someone or something like that. Not you being the only opposition leader and five people. Poor thing. What a time, what a time to be almost not alive. Um, <laughs> what I would, God, not the corny joke. Okay, um, what I would recommend is it all depends on your level of snakiness in the committee. If you are being really inoffensive in committee, but you still have a suspicion that you might be getting killed, then I say time for bodyguards, time for body doubles, time for all the kind of necessary prep in case that happens. That's only if you feel some sort of a present danger. If your snakiness catches up to you, if maybe some of your notes have been leaked or shared, or if anything of that nature comes up. If you are a very vocal opposition leader, as I have been many times, protection 24-7 at all costs that guarantee someone will try to kill you if you're being too vocally opposed to someone, especially someone with potentially more power than you. So make sure you are protected. I was in a crisis and people tried to, four different people tried to kill me. But thank God I had two body doubles because they never going to catch me. <laughs> I hated that so joke. Stupid. I am. I am. I'm so sorry for that joke. It was not funny. Anyways. <laughs> All right, so the next question is, what do you do if your crisis arc isn't going the way you planned? I mean, typically you'll go into crisis with, like, multiple plans, but, like, let's say everything is kind of just failing and you're losing motivation. What is your strategy at this point? If you have enough information on your character, you know, you could make changes, but sometimes there's just no information. So I guess try to come up with, and you don't need to create like a huge, super elaborate plan, right? Like even if you're just thinking two or three steps ahead at that point, like if something totally goes completely astray, just to be able to do something and even, you know, if it's not huge actions, just to sort of see in which directions you could go with the new information. Planning is the number one thing you can do. But also, let's say, here. here's a possible twist to your crisis arc. You get murdered. <laughs> that is going to change pretty much everything because you either become the ghost of yourself, unable to do anything but watch, or you will get a brand new character if it's early enough in the, in the conference. So that you kind of, with the death, it's not a direct loss to you, but it is a loss to your preparation time and information. So that is the only downer. So that, I think, is the biggest potential twist to a crisis arc that would not be the best. But I, I think having a preparation, like a backup plan, if ever something were to start going badly. And I, one thing I've noticed a lot is that many people get very overwhelmed in crisis. Don't be afraid of crisis. It's not worth all the hullabaloo to be upset over it. It is intimidating at first. But it's really not that different from any other committee. It's just there's a different, it's a different style. It's not a complete 180 in that way. So mm -hmm. don't be afraid to go in there and make mistakes. But it's like, you shouldn't work yourself up for all that. Yeah. I also think, like, if you're going into crisis, always be prepared that everything you've done could be scrapped. And Flush. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, it happens more often than not that what you've planned is just gone. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, 
everyone's able to do it I know that for sure but like just you know to always be prepared going in mind that like as Zach said not get upset about it like if it doesn't go as planned there's always something you can do even if it's not at all what you thought it was going to be so don't get attached yeah yeah, don't don't get attached attached. yeah and even if you have like six different crisis arcs planned you know you never know what's gonna happen (laughs) nothing's a guarantee in crisis Look, and if you die on top of that, it's flattering. That means you were really like, you know, outstanding in committee and people were like, Well, we gotta we gotta kill him off. A threat. She was a threat, so now she's dead. Exactly. And also a little little key tip, if you come back as a ghost, the chances are your like crisis team is probably a little bit more fun and open because they're bringing you back as a ghost. So it kind of gives you freedom to do stuff that you wouldn't be able to do when you're just like a normal human being. So, I mean, hey, do what you will with that information. What are your key strategies going into crisis, especially for beginners? What would you say are like the most important things? I know the three, this is my golden rule for crisis that I learned through a podcast. It's, a we know. <laughs> So the golden rule for crisis, <laughs> I know it, I, I forgot the order, I remember it, okay? So the golden rule for crisis is a three-step plan. <laughs> it's a choir, it's a choir, Alec can execute. Okay, let me restart. <laughs> I got this, I was drinking too much coffee, I'm so sorry. Here is the golden rule for crisis. It's a three-step plan that I learned from a podcast. It's acquire, allocate, and execute. You need to acquire all of your resources and then figure out where to put them, allocate, and then you execute your plan. But I'll let Zach and Bella take this one away because they're really very good at crisis. So what are your strategies going into crisis, especially for beginners? For beginners, I would say balance is key. Balance is what's going to keep you afloat. You need to know where your strength is and work on what's a little bit weaker. Also, I find something very helpful is to ask your um, your dais for feedback. Say, where can I work on a little bit? So making sure that you are balanced between front and back room, making sure that you are being heard, being creative, being unique, uh, adding flair to the character, making the committee a more fun and interesting and uh, fun place to be, and also making sure that you have a very stellar crisis arc and it's being executed properly and that everything is kind of um falling into place in a way not necessarily the way that you expected but in a way that in the grand scheme of things is going to change the course of the committee and make you a very valuable player so i think showing your value through preparation is going to take you very far especially as a beginner in crisis the other thing is also like trying to see who you could work with because i mean you know, if there's more people trying to work on something together, it, the chances of it passing are somewhat higher, but also being aware that because it's a crisis and everybody really has their own ambitions, you know, you are pretty likely that you're going to get stabbed in the back. So also being aware of that and not like revealing too much of what you want to do and, you know, keeping things a little bit hush hush, like <laughs> watch your back. Watch your back. Yeah, watch your back. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, you know, it doesn't hurt to... Mm -hmm. Make some friends along the way. Allies in the front room, enemies in the back room, but you don't know. (laughs) Um, What I think I've done, some committees I've been very much a loner, where I've gone in it with very few allies, and I've just kind of been stabbing at everything in front of me, trying to just go through what I can to do well, which is good if you're 
like a gavel hunter and someone who's looking for an award, but I don't recommend doing that if that's not the fun of Model UN in general, because crisis, even though it's kind of its own thing, it's still part of Model UN. So collaboration and communication are still vital parts and diplomacy is still very important, even in a crisis, even if it's a historical crisis before anything like the United Nations was never thought of in the first place. So keeping in mind those MUN values and still going into it with your own flair and your own kind of personality regarding the character is super important. And I kind of had experiences where I've been in groups. I've been in a kind of blocks with other people. Like, let's say it's uh, like some, you're representing like a state of some sort and you're a military leader. You might likely won't be the only military leader. So make a, like a caucus, an alliance of other military leaders. Do things that make sense and that will kind of help you in your social standing in the group, but also further along your crisis arc. So make sure you're always thinking two steps ahead is really important in a crisis. Thank you, Zach and Bella, for joining the podcast episode today. We hope you enjoyed this episode and you were able to learn a thing or two about crisis from our DC Mun team. So we will see you soon and enjoy crisis training day.